Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to Text Message with me, Nate Langson. And me, Ian Morris. There he is, ladies and gentlemen, smelt from a distance, best seen up close, Mr. Morris. (laughs) The man, the legend, my co-host and very dear friend. Um, Do you know what I bought this week, Ian? Uh, No, what did you buy? I bought a new keyboard and a new mouse. Oh, interesting. And how much did you spend? £500? No, I, I sought out an actual cost of living crisis bargain. Um, oh really? They were still very good. They're both razor, but rather than doing what I historically would have done and said, "I don't have kids and I like tech, therefore it's fine for me to buy whatever tech I want within reason," uh-huh. uh, I actually thought, "No, I'm going to be sensible, and I'm going to buy a mouse that does what I need." It is a gaming mouse. It was about thirty pounds, which is very good price for a razor. Very and, good price for any mouse these days. Yeah, and um, and I, then I bought the razor. Black Widow Mini V3 or some combination of, of those, which is a gaming keyboard. It's got RGB lighting and everything. Um, it's very difficult, I found, to just... Dis- work brilliantly on the Mac. To get, I don't use it on the Mac. Um, oh. Just, It's very difficult, I found, to get a gaming lap, uh, keyboard that does exactly what you want, that is also really good, that's going to last for less than a couple of hundred pounds. And when I saw those prices, I was like, you can get stuffed couple hundred pounds and then i found this one which had an rrp of like 170 or 180 and i thought that's it's a 65 percent size i want because i wanted to be able to use you know use it on the sofa as well as in my office um but then i looked at amazon's warehouse deals and i did this once before and you can get some absolute bargains on there they say as new and i in my experience that generally means someone bought it returned it they can't sell it as new so it goes in the warehouse and you get like 30 odd percent off for basically yes. a brand new product so i ended up getting well, this you say one that. for about 120 pounds which made it because, a steal well yes and good good price well done yeah. um i don't want to sound patronizing there because i don't mean to be um i i did i did that warehouse thing with um my ergotron monitor stand and when it Ergotron, arrived, it... the least appealing transformer ever. <laughs> yeah, but really sort of good at getting you compliant with work, health and safety. Um, he's a hero, but uh, not for the normal kick-ass reasons. Anyway, um, the so uh, the Ergotron arrived uh, in my house, as things do when you buy them on Amazon. And um, it was all sort of scuffed and stuff, and it was described as you know as new quality, and it was only a few quid cheaper. So I was like, "No, sorry, lads, you're having this back." <laughs> uh, so back I sent it and bought a brand new one. I just had to wait a little bit longer because that was why I'd gone for the second hand one, really, because I, I, um, I, I I wanted it immediately. Well, I can I can I can appreciate that. Um, however, I think it is time we talk about arguably the biggest story of the week here yes it it was difficult for us not to talk about this i'm sure everyone uh has seen it coming and i i have to slightly apologize for talking about it because 
you know, I'm sure you've. Yeah, we do try to stay away from these really big subjects, don't we? A lot of the time, you know, we're not we're not ones to, you know, really go for the for the things that everyone else is covering. So this this story, we'll apologise for it now. We will, yeah. Um, this is, of course, as will come as no surprise, that the fax machine in the UK has been condemned to death. Um, Ofcom has opened a consultation. It's seeking feedback this month for the future of the fax machine essentially to say is it fair that we make bt support a product that is dated in the extreme and woefully underused given that there are so many better cheaper and more effective ways of sending documents around um and i thought it was worth going into a bit of the background of the fax machine to figure out why we've got this far and fax machines are still being in still being used the fact that the history of the fax machine is far more interesting than the fact that it may be uh, killed in britain now um yes and the most notable date that i could pick out here is july the 17th 2003 the government set out uh, the extent to which communications networks uh, must be made available or su- or supplied let's say uh, in the uk and to keep that in check Ofttel. Uh, which is the, uh, the the precursor to Ofcom, said BT and KCOM, which I'd never heard of, Ian, but apparently operates in yeah. Hull. Um, well, it's Carew, I think, these days. I, well, I don't oh, know if that's... Is it? That, well, certainly the broadband is Carew, I think. Ah, okay. Um, well, anyway, uh, KCOM and BT, as it was in 2003, would be classed as universal service providers, which in short meant that they had an obligation to provide services that are reasonably affordable, uh, reliable, available to everyone, accessible, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and that included being able to send faxes. And there have been changes to those rules over the years as things like broadband got better and faster and cheaper uh, and obviously grew in, in importance. And faxes really are kind of unique right now in that... They rely basically exclusively on a very old analog technology to do something that almost anyone would only ever think of doing digitally, i.e. sending a, a scanned document or something to each to each other or a signature. And they worked, or should I say worked, I suppose I should say work, present tense, um, by sending tones over a phone line. It, you, I don't know if you've ever in the past accidentally phoned the the fax number of a business or similar. Oh yes, of course, everyone's done that. Yeah, and and what you're what the the uh, the the answer you get is the sound of a dial-up modem because it's essentially the same sort of technology, um, and relies on on not necessarily copper cabling but uh, analog and phone switching. So. They need to be end-to-end, and we're not going to go into the super technical reasons for that. But the problem is, as we've talked about on the show before, that BT is moving all of that underlying technology over the next few years into, um, let's say the analog technology, into a digital IP-based system, which is, as far as fax is concerned, a little bit like ripping out the foundations of a house uh, and expecting the house to just stay upright. Uh, But in fax's case, of course, and to extend the metaphor a bit further, it's a house that almost no one lives in. Uh, nor wants to so why should bt be forced to keep supporting something that barely anyone uses and would require a huge cost to keep supporting it as part of a law that um that basically says it doesn't have to in, uh, anymore because it follows some stuff that happened in parliament uh, a couple of months back so in short um ofcom wants to check that it's not missing something obvious running the consultation and by the end of the month it'll start making decisions and then as of next year we'll find out whether it can actually say yep by all means bt and kcom just shut it off no one's obliged to support facts and that basically means the end of facts in britain as we know yeah. it today 
I was is, wrong, by the way. I think it used to be called Carew, and now it's called KCOM. Anyway, confusion aside, this also must affect um, home alarms. Why? So, well, because one of the things that people were complaining about when BT started to move to the you know the 23rd century network or whatever it's called uh was that f- uh, al- alarm systems operate in largely the same way so when you have a monitored alarm which is uh monitored by the police that is a f- a phone line uh, and it can only be done that way um, and that was part of the problem people you know probably quite wealthy people for the most part had had these alarms fitted and then would find out that in fact they couldn't use them anymore and it was a big problem because if you have a lot of very valuable stuff in your house um you know expensive furniture stuff like that and your insurance requires you to have a remote monitored alarm that's a problem and of course broadband goes down an awful lot more than a phone line um and also you know uh it could be easier to disrupt a broadband system uh you know there are all sorts of things that if you were a criminal you could probably do to take down a a, a, a broadband network but you would struggle to do the same with a, a, a wired in analog phone system so i do remember that being a similar problem um of course the facts uh dying is a shame but why can't it be digital well it can that's the thing it's just not using the technology that is that is inherent or is built into existing fax machines that a lot of people have on their desks. Well, you sure, but if you, you plug that into a digital phone line, does it cease to work then? It's something to do... I'm going off script here. Is this because of the compression and stuff like that? No, it's something to do with error correction right. and the fact that it can't reliably... Because it's all based on tones and it's possible for the tone to be to be uh, uh, interfered with as far as digital compression goes. I suppose it is a bit of uh, compression. It's possible for the tone to be shifted in some way when it's turned digital. That means you're not necessarily going to get an accurate picture at the other end. It's something along those lines. Don't quote I get me it. on that. But no, it's something, no, that, that makes sense. Like so that. it does... It just doesn't work. I mean, it wouldn't be impossible to build a fax machine for the modern era that just sent data, but who wants that? No one wants that. We've well, got emails. It's, it's called a scanner or 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 an app or an iPhone, and we yeah. have scanning apps. And we have apps that act as a as a as a um, conduit for sending faxes. You can get apps that let you send an actual fax to an actual fax machine, but there's not a lot of call for that because we have things like DocuSign. However. There are so do, do, many. I have a printer that has a fax built in. It has a phone line socket on it, and a lot of us did, and a lot of us. I did. still do. Well, all right, and it's brilliant. I love my printer. Well, I wonder if you're going to love some of these facts because I spent a lot of time this week reading about fax machines <laughs> and the history <laughs> fax of fax, facts. and I and I found some astonishing facts about the facts. Fax facts, yeah. Ah, oh, very good. Um, technically, and this is subject to quite a lot of debate, depending on how you. Uh, interpret the word invented but yes it was invented in the early 1800s wow by yeah by a chap called alexander bain at least he invented or is credited with inventing the some of the underlying technology the electric telegraph um, i I was gonna say is this a is this a telegram telegraph type thing so there was someone extrapolated from that and from some of the dates, uh, and I assume this is an American because they wrote 
Abraham Lincoln was assassinated in 1865, the samurai in Japan were abolished in 1867, but the fax machine was invented in 1843, therefore a samurai could have sent a fax to Abe Lincoln. <laughs> which is a, a wild extrapolation of, of reality, but is quite fun. And I mentioned it to a colleague of mine at the office who said that in 1890 there were no samurai, but there was Nintendo. So the child of a samurai could have sent a fax to, uh, uh, about a Nintendo game to Queen Victoria, given that the fax back then, uh, Nintendo games back then were playing cards. So lots of interesting, interesting things yeah yes. but bringing it a bit yeah. a bit more up up to up to speed um that is to say up to present day the question about why this is so controversial really depends on uh, on in what country you look at because they tried to abolish the facts in Japan uh very recently actually during the the, the pandemic in fact i think it was around 2021 maybe 2020 um, but there was a, a pretty overwhelming response by a lot of officials in government who loved faxes uh, that basically forced their hand and said, we're not, you're not going to kill it. And one of the reasons that had been given to kill fax wasn't because they're crap and old fashioned and no one used them. It was because during the pandemic, too many people were trying to use them in their offices, which is putting them at a risk of spreading the virus. Because oh, people, right. I need to send so a fax would... so I can't work from home. I have to go to the office despite COVID and send a fax. And that was right. one of the reasons for getting rid of them was like, well, if we allow this to happen, you know, many other reasons, but it was one of the ones that was cited, um, which I thought was quite interestingly, uh, quite interesting. And another story I found out in the BBC in 2012 cited a lot of traditional values in Japan for the facts sticking around, uh, specifically the culture of handwriting, which is very firmly rooted in, in, in Japan and, and Japanese uh, culture of course so a, a lot of resumes and cvs are handwritten because a lot of right. employers apparently based on this article judge people's personalities based on their writing and so having the ability to send a fax uh, and fax greetings cards and things like that it's often very handwritten it was still a very convenient way to do that oh, which i thought you imagine really having in- to write a, a hand write a cv that would be my worst nightmare yeah yeah um but over here um do you want to have a guess at how many fax machines the nhs has Three, eight thousand or nine thousand, no depending on. Yeah, they are the apparently the biggest um, buyer purchaser of um, of fax machines. Um, there was a freedom of information request by the Royal College of Surgeons in 2018 that showed the NHS, NHS Hospital Trust in England owned eight thousand two hundred nine fax machines. Uh, the most was um, at the Newcastle upon Tyne NHS Foundation Trust, which had six hundred and three of them. Now, that makes sense, because if you're dealing with sensitive patient information, email is just not going to cut it. Exactly. However, you would say that there should be an internal NHS secure email system, because the government has one, GSI. Yeah, well, the Ministry um, of Defence has a lot of them. They're yeah, so why, so why wouldn't by. we just use that again for the NHS, you know? build that system you know update it maybe make it better i don't know i mean there's a lot of resistance for taking nhs records digital which i think is part of the problem you know a lot of people don't like the idea of that so would rather keep paper files so i can sort of see how this comes about because if you're a doctor someone's rushed in you only know their name you need to urgently find out what their past treatments have been etc etc um you know you call their doctor and the doctor faxes over the document and that's a pretty secure way of doing it it's um, one of the. I mean, it's, it's not one flawlessly of the secure. No, and uh, so it's interesting, you, isn't it? 
but you're talking about something that's in, that's analog. Yes, it's, it could certainly be inter- intercepted very easily. And yeah. I mean, you know, governments would be able to do that quite simply. Um, you know, if if uh, if that if Russians wanted to, uh, inter- you know, break into that network, I doubt they would struggle. Uh, that said, you know, why would anyone want to do that? It's well, more about people... sort of security from it not leaking out on the internet, which is much more of a problem if you use an email. Yeah. Um I found another article. I wanted to find historically like how the use of facts has evolved over the years. And there was an interesting story on The Guardian for two, on, uh, from 2009. And I'll be including all the links to all of these stories and PDFs and documents and things that I found in the show notes in the MP3 and at uh, uktechshow.com. Uh, but this article said that, at least at the time, in 2009, they were used by police forces for sending fingerprints which I thought was very interesting. Um, that seems like a really bad way of introducing errors. Well, that's what they were used for. Um, huh, okay. Legal firms use them for signatures on contracts. That I think we know. Health authorities um, see them as more secure by email. Ministry of Defence um, also used those. But I found some interesting pop culture uses of uh, over the fax machine over the years. Um, the most interesting one here, not haven't verified this phil collins dumped his wife by fax um according to that the sounds like a very phil collins thing to do so i completely believe that no further fact uh, checking needed and what i like is the guardian included a parenthetical editorial comment uh after that that said these days of course relationships are ended by text message no Lol. no one ends a relationship by a text message well i've done it before actually i finished well yes but, by not, email but, once. but not a a serious long-term relationship presumably no i was about 18 um and yeah and sure i mean that would, happens when you're young. you know wouldn't do that today but i just thought it was funny that they put that as a kind of hey we do it by text now whereas now it's gonna be i don't know tiktok how do kids break up with each other probably just stop talking to them don't they ghost them as we've discussed in the past i i, I do want to say that in the uh, chat we had a very uh, witty joke um from mm. adam mccauley who said uh, if you were trying to get into patients' records via fax, you'd have to break the encryption of doctor's handwriting, which I thought was very good. Oh, yeah. I thought you meant his other comment. Did I say dump them by text message? Um, and I just wanted to <laughs> offer that if anybody would like to break up with a spouse via the podcast, um, you know, times I'm are I'm not tough. getting involved in that. Times are no. tough. You know. Well, um, how would that help? Well, they would pay us to in, to, to tell oh. their husband or wife or whoever that they don't want to be with them anymore. And we would take, I don't know, what, £1,000? I, I mean, I wouldn't do it for less than that. We'd put some funny music behind it. What, so I what, imagine. would we just send them an MP3? Or would we have to call them? Or would we do it in the show? Um, so like at the, it would be like the modern newspaper. So at the end, um, you'd have births, deaths, marriages, and uh, separations all read by us. And people um, could send them in by fax, obviously, and we'd read yeah. them out. I, I mean, it's actually a monetization route that um, I think we should consider. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> that's a tangent. Uh, so that's fax yeah, machines. No surprise there. No. Um, the <clears throat> other thing I was going to ask you about is your personal experience with uh, the humble facts over the years. And I wanted to yeah. do some thinking times by telling you that I remember when I worked in a camping shop when i was about 16 years old 17 years old um we had a fax machine because we used to get orders and we used to make orders to suppliers using the fax machine it was one of those that had 
it, it wasn't A4 sheets. It was like a spool of slightly glossy fax paper. And every Saturday when I came in, one of the first things I did was tear off the huge amount of junk faxes that had come in <laughs> yeah. overnight. And it's that, so, and just that, thinking uh, about that now. It's just it's insane how wasteful that is in so many ways. And I was going to say that's my exact memory because we had them at the BBC and all they would ever do is print junk. They never did anything useful. Well, we did use them, but we never I used don't think we ever did, but... Really? Well, I, I don't we... think so. I mean, I, th- I believe that you... Back in the day, for example, you could fax, say, Watchdog, but I don't know if anyone ever actually did it. I bet someone did it. Was it Sue Cook? She was on... Was she on Watchdog? I, when I, um, I don't know. When I worked at the BBC, it was Anne Robinson on Watchdog, I think. Oh, no. she. I think she was after. I think Sue Cook was before. Maybe. I may be wrong. They converted a big part of the ground floor at uh, um, White City to turn it into a studio. And I just used to walk through it every now and then just for fun. Because it's oh. quite cool. It's good to have a hobby. Yeah. I used to do a lot of that sort of thing, though. I used to walk around the, the donut of Television Centre and amuse myself. Oh, I've done that before, but um, I always had a chaperone because I didn't work there. Yeah, I was allowed out. Yeah, could just wander the halls like some sort of demented, sort of like TV person. Alan Alan Partridge searching for his next job, just walking around the ring. Yeah. Well, I think we fully exhausted the fax machine, both literally and figuratively here. Um, no, both were figurative, but from a different standpoints, we've exhausted the story, and well, we. I'm excited of... to see what does happen. Well, me too. I suspect it'll go the way of the pager. And we did have a question, actually, during that. Um, I can't remember who it was. Um, was it Adam again? So asked, um, what happens if you dial 999 on a digital phone line and, and there's a problem? I, I believe that they're as reliable as analog phone lines. Um, it's, not, it's not less reliable as such. It's just a different system. Yeah, that's, that, that's, that would have been my understanding as well. They're not gonna. They're not gonna risk. They're not gonna risk that. Um, but maybe you have a memory of the fax machine. Um, have you broken up with somebody via fax? Have you received a questionable image via fax? <laughs> uh, I'd love to hear about all these things. Your memories make this show worthwhile when you send them to us, and you can do so by sending us an email only. Email. Hello, yeah, no faxes. Hello at uktechshow.com. Uh, Nate, um, Twitter, I'm sorry. I know you're not a big tweeter. Uh, no, I deleted all my tweets. Did you? Yep. Really? I, mean, I, I barely used it, and I had tweets on there that date back to, t- like, 2007 or something. Certain, yeah. Certainly a problem. I mean, if you're, if you're planning a presidential run, I would definitely uh, suggest that people delete their history, just because, well, obviously, you, you, you saw you what write, happened to Liz Truss. You, like, you write different things when you're... 22 don't you you do but i also think that society needs to appreciate the fact that people do things differently as they get older i am as a very nearly 45 year old man not the same man i was well i'm not the same man i was five years ago let alone you know 25 years ago anyway that's an aside uh we all know that elon musk has just purchased twitter for probably 40 billion more than he should have done it's cost him 44 billion Mm. I'm saying Twitter's probably worth four billion at best, um, and uh, he's now making massive cuts 
to the business under the guise of returning it to profit. However, rather than taking his time and doing it the right way, he's leapt in and fired whole business units in a single day. The accessibility team, for example, seems to have gone, um, including the person responsible for implementing alt tags, which are extremely useful if you're, um, you know, in any way you need to use a screen reader for your tweeting. So that's uh, that's bad. Um, Musk will also change how the verified badge works from next week. Uh, instead of manu- a manually cre- curated group of people who are public figures or notable for their work or in need of uh, just verifying who they are, um, any old monkey can pay $8 uh, or apparently $4.99, uh, you told me that, Nate, in the UK, to join Twitter Blue, which will obtain you a verified check mark. Uh, the funny side of that, of course, is that verified people are now changing their name to Elon Musk and urging other users to drink their urine. Lovely. The less, yes, they are. That's happened more than once. Well, lots of people are changing their names to Elon Musk. Not so many people are uh, suggesting they drink their own urine. Mm-hmm. It, um, because, of course, uh, and one of the things that the moderation team does still seem to be doing is finding those people who change their name to Elon Musk and are verified and taking away their verification tick, which, of course, they'll be able to get back on Monday. So it's a bit of a, a, a double-edged sword, that. Um, so that's hilarious, but the, the less hilarious part is that vulnerable users will be far more easy to impersonate which could lead to some real unpleasantness now i'm i I want to bring up uh, because she posted about it publicly ellen rose uh from uh outside xbox um she said exactly this you know when she was having some problems online and um someone was impersonating her and it was extremely unpleasant and the only the only saving grace was that her verification mark meant that people knew who was the real Ellen and who and who wasn't. And I think that is a, probably an example that you will find repeated over and over again. Now, look, you know, you and I, it's nice to have our verification marks. Am I going to miss it when it's gone? Yeah, I feel sad. But realistically, I'm not going to pay for it. I don't see the point. I, you know, if if it was if it, if they said to me, we're going to charge you, but you'll be able to keep it, but we won't be just letting anyone on. I would say, mm, that's more tempting, especially as it's not massively expensive. But I, but at the same time, what's the point? Like, you know, I mean, no one likes verified users anyway. We're the constant butt of jokes, and people, all people ever say to me is, oh, you've only got 5,000 followers. How are you verified? I'm like, well, because it's not about the size of your following, is it? It's about what value you bring to the platform. And, and I always took it seriously, and felt that you shouldn't you know spread disinformation you should do your best journalistic work to try and make sure that you know whilst you would mess around on twitter um you wouldn't misrepresent the truth in a meaningful or harmful way uh so i took it seriously obviously some people didn't but even so it's going now so it will be an absolute storm of uh feces well you you a couple of minutes ago you implied that i wouldn't pay the 4.99 mm. to go to well, twitter I, because Blue i asked keep... you and you said you wouldn't but anyway go on ah right yeah well you're right i wouldn't <laughs> no. um but the but the reason that we we picked this is because it's one the uk uh, over the weekend was announced as one of the countries that would be able to move into uh this new world of paying for your verification because we and, didn't have twitter blue until this weekend it seems well i don't know i i, I, I think no we, we didn't I, oh we definitely didn't did we not no i've checked because I, I thought oh. well I mean, this is ages ago when yeah. they first launched twitter blue i thought oh well you know um might be some advantages to that actually there aren't i, I like the idea of escaping paywalls but it's such a small 
subset of services it's not particularly useful i constantly hit paywalls that's the thing and you know if twitter could do a service where it was paying me paying my way through a paywall that would be great Mm. well i i didn't know that i did know that it's i I looked it up as an in-app purchase in the uk store and it's there for four pounds 99 um a month for twitter for twitter blue um one of which uh, one of the features of which is as you say gets you this verified badge now what's particularly funny about this personally is that yesterday my mother-in-law came over um to see us and to do some work in the in the garden and and things and she said oh isn't it weird that you're going to be able to pay anyone can just pay to be have a verified mark and i pushed back and said no i don't think that's the case i think you know you still have to be of note like you still have to verify that you are who you say you are in the way you always have it's just that if you then want to have that badge displayed you then also have to pay um which would mean that people like me and you who have verified tick marks um because of our position in the media or what or what have you we had to be verified in the first place and we would lose it if we didn't pay and i said i wasn't going to pay but actually it turns out that i think my mother-in-law was right and I was wrong. And actually, this isn't that isn't what it is. It is no. that anyone can pay and get a blue tick. And as you say, it essentially makes the blue the existence of the blue tick as it is today meaningless Absolutely and right. opens up a huge potential storm of abuse for all the reasons you've mentioned. It has the potential not to, depending on what else is introduced. But a lot of this stuff's being done quite quickly, and that's certainly the concern so the question for me would be is there a two-tier system of possible here in that there oh, is yes a, it's possible there is the blue tick you get for being twitter blue in addition to some other label that again you only get if you're paying for twitter blue that says not only are you a paying customer in the same way that you get a little gold star on your linkedin if you're a linkedin premium user but you also say someone at twitter has verified you are you which would which would at least then mean you've got the kudos of having a blue tick and showing off that you've paid some money, but you've also got uh, a little attribute that says, and by the way, I really am a person and I've gone to some some length to verify it. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, exactly. I mean, I, yeah. I don't know why he didn't do this. It wouldn't have been any more difficult. I would have suggested maybe the verified people move to, I don't know, like... I, like a silver color or something i mean that's probably very difficult to do let's say people who are verified get red and uh paying customers get gold or something like that yeah and it's or even con- verified it's say blue and if you pay you it's get gold. it's it's country by country so the uk being among the first uh alongside the us to to have this means that although they're not instantly going to say everyone who doesn't pay within a month gets their blue tick removed it there there is a few months grace period but i think it'll be very interesting to see what um institutions like government and and politicians and and things what they do like do they go and justify paying four pounds five pounds a month to keep the blue tick because oh sure but i mean what's the value of it because if i can set up um you know the democratic people's republic of england and get the same blue tick as uh, you know the uk government then really it has no value whatsoever and you might as well save your money i i mean what i what i find interesting actually as someone just sort of put this in the chat it's it's triggered something as a an idea because um 
what they do is they when you have like when you're the president of the United States you have and this is Rich and Russ have put this in uh, you you get like you you know United States government official underneath it so what he could have done is he could have he could have monetized that area he could have said okay you can have any message you want there within reason or something you know or I don't know uh, a promotional link or something like I think, there are lots I think, of ways I that people that is, could have paid I think that I think that's part of it I think that is still part part of it, but whether you do that's... Think you get that, do you? I believe, oh, right. Okay, so Elon I, confirmed that's what's happening. Interesting. Yeah, I just, but I, I just, it's, it's. I mean, it's messy, and that's been a lot of the criticism about what's happened here is that it's been, it's been messy, and it's been unclear. Yes. Um, and we could, we could hypothesize what's going to happen, but as far as this affecting people in the UK is concerned we're going to see we're going to be among the first to see how it goes wrong potentially um which is both good and bad who knows but also he's he's not going to be able to plug his financial gap with this because um there was some very interesting tweets happening recently for example apparently a big part of uh, you know companies like facebook and google and twitter will obviously will do uh, something very similar to the tv companies where they will go out ahead of the next coming year and they will say, right, who would like to sign up for advertising? You know, you get a discount, you buy a bunch, you know, you buy 10 million. And media buyers would do that. So they would then make a profit selling that to big companies. Uh, you know, I, I, I use media buyers at work for exactly this kind of thing. Um, but a lot of companies apparently were so freaked out by the fact that Musk was going to buy it that they refused to spend money last year for this year, for next year, Um I wanted to wait and see what would happen. So Twitter actually doesn't have that promise of revenue, which it would usually have. Then you add on the, onto that the fact that advertisers are already saying they're not prepared to advertise on Twitter anymore, uh, and they want to I've heard, distance I've, themselves. I've heard, I've heard different to that. I've, I've heard because I've been covering this this week. Um, ah, right. At, at Bloomberg, which is that a lot of them are not explicitly saying we're not going to. They're just saying we're waiting. We're basically wait and see. Like yes. They're waiting to I, see I, what's what's happened. They're not saying they're not going to. They're just they want clarification. And I can tell you from personal experience that the company, the companies that are not saying anything, are also quietly dialing back their expenditure for the time mm. being. That won't last. I know that. But I'm just saying that this has become problematic. If he'd gone in and run this company like an adult, put someone responsible in charge, he wouldn't be having this problem, and he could, he might be able to walk away from it in a few years, having turned, you know, made, made having maybe made more money. And I'm not saying that you can't sack people, but the way that he's got about it is very distasteful, and, and big businesses just won't want to be associated with that. Now, of course, we all know that that will fade. Big business doesn't remember things like that. But whilst it's in the headlines and causing controversy, they won't want anything to do with it. Um, and you know, and then t- Elon's on Twitter going, "Oh, I should name and shame all these companies that are putting their advertising." You know, it's pathetic. It is the most pathetic thing I've seen anyone of that status doing. I mean, has he got nothing better to do with his time? It, it, it's just unbelievable that anyone could be that petty-minded. It's like putting me in charge of it. I'm I'm the only person I think worse qualified to run Twitter than Elon Musk. Carry on. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I can't. I've done now. You need to start the Ian's rant a little bit earlier. But it is pathetic and it is really telling of the society that we live in now, at the position we find ourselves, that a memeing child can be in charge of what was a $44 billion company and is now approximately worth £15. 
Well, if you have a view on how much Twitter is worth, uh, and if you're going to help it stay in business by buying a blue tick, then you can let us know by sending us an email to hello at uktechshow.com. We're very interested in seeing what happens. And as as Ian says, it's all very, it's all looking very positive and exciting. Um, so I'm sure um, there's lots of good things to come, and you can tell us about them. Hello at uktechshow.com. I'm going to thank people now, Ian. Are you ready? Go for it. I'm All right. Ready. Here it comes. Patrons, I want to thank you for supporting us directly. I'll be honest, this has gone horribly off tangent. Let's just not do that. Uh, but I do honestly <laughs> want to thank uh, some, some patrons. Tim, um, who's recently signed up. Uh, we've also got Ian uh, Baxter. That is not Ian Morris, um, who's who's re-pledged recently. So thank you, guys. Thank you, everyone who's listening live. Um, if you want to join them, you get the full version of the show every week, ad-free, access to the entire back catalogue, also ad-free. Uh, you can choose to get our unedited live versions as well, again, all ad-free and back catalogue. You can listen to every show we've ever recorded since doing Patreon, that is, um, in their unedited raw form. Uh, Pre-show is in there, post-show is in there. It's good fun. A lot of people seem to like that. You get extra message and a ton of other stuff. Go to patreon.com forward slash UK tech. And if you're one of those people, we are going to now talk about our third discussion story of the week, which is basically where the hell are we buying our electronics these days? It's time to hear from one of our favourite people, um, but not yet, because I just noticed we have to also <laughs> <laughs> we have to read the bit that's in front of that in the yes. in, in the script because we had some feedback from uh, from from Sean who tweeted us on uh, at Texas Message Pod after we tweeted about five G. Would you like to take that in while I load up? Yeah, Tom's sure. Thing? Speaking of 5G, today marks the 10th anniversary of the launch of 4G in the UK with the EE, which had only just come into being following the merger of T-Mobile and Orange. Uh, and that was, what, from Sean Jenks yeah. on Twitter. Yeah, interesting. Ten, I, it's 10 years of 4G. We, it's we, ridiculous, isn't we, it? I remember going to the a, a press preview of EE when it was about to launch 4G for the first time, thinking, oh, this is amazing. And then seeing the prices, which at one point was measured in 500 megabytes a month on 4G. And it was expensive. Can you imagine? They've always been a bit like that, haven't they? And they still haven't really changed. Oh, they have. I've got unlimited 5G. I use hundreds of megabytes a month for about 25 quid. Well, you can get it too. It's not just me. Well, you say that, but we've been through this before. And it turns out, in fact, I can't. Yes, and that you can. get it because you've been a customer or something. No, I don't know. You, you can definitely still get that. I'm going to EE right now. Other yeah, mobile so networks are available. Um, yeah, I'm already on O2. I don't care. I'm perfectly happy. So you get, I mean, SIM only. This is one deal. 200 gigabytes of month from 23 quid. And well, that's you get, not unlimited, is it? And you get six months of Apple Music included. You get un, unlimited 5G for £28 a month. Um that's that's pretty that's that's pretty good um unlimited 5g no no cap one inclusive extra 36 pounds a month i mean it's not all right it's not crazy cheap but i mean compared to 30 odd quid a month for 500 megabytes of data we've come a long way in 10 years come a yeah, long but way you, but you're uh, but what i said to you is absolutely true so for example if i want to be on a one month deal I've got a choice of one gigabyte of data for £22 a month, five gigabytes of data for £25 a month, or 25 gigabytes of data for £28 a month. 
It's only yeah. if I sign up for 24 months that I start to get anywhere near unlimited. And uh, well, in fact, actually, you're right. There is an unlimited one. Uh, yeah. That's £28 a month. But that's yeah. two years commitment. Now, I signed up for two years when I when I went to O2 because, well, I was going to end up having to sign up that, that long on the Virgin Broadband anyway. So I was like, well, whatever. There are loads of networks now that offer unlimited 5G for less than 35 quid a month, I think. But the point is, Sean was right to point that out. So thank you, Sean, for for that. Um, also, thank you to Tom Merritt, because he keeps me posted on what's been happening in the wider world of technology news uh, this week. And here's what he says they've been talking about. This week on Daily Tech News Show, Dr. Nikki told us how climate change is bad for cloud computing. Tim Stevens talked to us about the tech Mercedes is developing to keep EVs safe even after a crash. Etsy unveiled Search by Picture. It's pretty useful. We talked to Jerry Ellsworth about Tilt 5, a shipping augmented reality product that's actually fun. And we examined how the chip shortage has quickly turned into a chip glut and what that means for all those chip maker plans to build all those shiny new factories. All that and much more at Daily Tech News Show. And we should point out that, that Tom is American, so when he says chips, he means crisps. So there's a crisp yeah. crunch going on right now. Ian, what is your favourite crunchy crisp? <laughs> um, I think it's the... Um, what are those new... What, do you mean like a flat potato crisp? Mate, I didn't think about this other than to make a slight joke about saying I, chips. I, I know, it's good, very good. I like the ridged ones that you like um, a ridge yeah i like a ridge yeah i think they give the crisp something that can't you can't get with a flat potato chip um tom and i had a, a little mini chat on twitter about uh the impending doom of the platform um and we sort of discussed maybe we're going to irc or usenet uh you know remember news groups i do um yeah um, i remember so paying was, 50 a, pence a minute to dial into them uh, as well yeah so there's Slash a little chilling it to my parents yeah, so there's a little chat about that, which I quite enjoyed. Someone suggested CompuServe, and I was forced to remember that they had Worlds Away, which is um, sort of like the metaverse, um, and Twitter, sort of, real time, uh, you know, in 1995. So maybe we should get CompuServe to bring back Worlds Away. Yeah, let's let's do that. Um, thank you, Tom. DailyTechNewsShow.com, that's where you can go to listen to news as it happens as opposed to opinions as they occur to us which is the main <laughs> difference between our two programs um we're going to be back next week if you would like to support us free please please find it in the deepest depths of your aortic pump your heart uh, and go and leave us a review on apple podcasts or add a star in spotify or wherever you're listening to your podcast or just tell someone for the love of god because it really helps us and if you want to listen to our extended show, where, as someone pointed out in our live chat, this week we had not just an Ian rant, but a Nate rant uh, this week. Uh, that is available patreon.com forward slash UK tech. And unless Ian wants to bring anything into the final few seconds of the show, we're going to wish you all a very Merry Christmas. Eventually. He's nuts. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.